0: Uh-huh. <clears throat> All right, Trevor, we'll say good morning. Let us begin with a beautiful, beautiful gaff ahead of us today. Begin by thanking our sponsors, our Tamutora sponsors, for the month of Kislev. Semi and Malka Esterson for dedicating all the Shurman Joshua's this month in memory of their parents. Yitzchak Leib ben Aaron Cohen, Sarah Rachel, Bas, Baruch Avram, Hinda, Bas, Hen- and Hinda, Bas, Henech Ephraim. We hope that in the merit of our Tamil Torah, the Neshama will have an Aliyah, the Neshamas will have an Aliyah, and the family a Nechama. We thank our week of learning sponsors Paul and Kathy Pollock, for dedicating the shiurim this week in honor of the birth of a grandson, Rabbi Henoch Morris, the Rosh Kol of Columbus Community Kolel, and his wife Chaya, born to their children Isaac and Esther Morris of Baltimore. Mazel Tov! Good. Well said. With that, let us begin. So we have a lot to do today. Today's daf is Daf Dalid, and we are picking up on Gimel Amud Beis. Three to say there is so much to talk about today. We'll have to. Exercise restraint a little bit. So okay, so we are picking up. We are picking up Gimel on the 3 B And I guess we really left off by Ru- Ruchos a which is uh, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18 lines up from the bottom. So we say okay, so remember again The Gimara was discussing the idea that there seemed to be a contradiction on one hand We said that Ruchos wind is never withheld, and then afterwards we said wind is withheld. So what's going on? A common everyday wind is never withheld, but ruach stronger winds are sometimes withheld. So the Gemara says, what do you need a ruach for? What do you need a stronger wind for? So because ultimately, again, interesting ruach Shena Matsuya, stronger winds are very helpful for boer for separating the wheat from the chaff, right? You'd go ahead and throw the wheat up in the air, and the wind does a lot of the separation process for you. But again, efshar ben And The good news is, if there's not a ruach matzuyah, you can accomplish the same thing through a sieve or a sifter. Tano. Ha'av bin varuch o So we'll say, we have another verse another that says as follows, that clouds and wind are shnio lamater That we'll say, shnio means... Rashi says, wind and wind and cloud cover after rain is as beneficial as the rain itself, right? So if it's windy or it's cloudy after it rains, it just, it amplifies the, the positive impact of the rain. So the Mara says, hey, what's the case? So Amar ulavitim, Rabbi the basra mitra, so talking so about after, after rain, that if it's windy or it's cloudy after it rains, Ultimately, again, that, that that amplifies the positive impact of the rain. Remember the mal you see? Mm-hmm. She tell me then that wind and sun, sorry, wind and clouds, after rain is a good thing. Vaksib, but the Pasuk says, Yitin Hashem es matar ar avak avak v'afar. Yitrabo said, the Pasuk over here, that the Gemara is quoting, from, from, the hacha, from, from Dvarim. Yitin Hashem es, mit, sorry, matar mitar ar tzikha. Avak v'afar. Kodesh Baruch Hu will make your rain avak v'afar, which Shabbos refers to as follows. V'yitavam ra'ul avitim rav Yehuda zeka debasar mitra. So HaKodesh says, part of the Torah is that after it rains, HaKodesh Baruch Hu will cause it to be windy. What happens when it's windy after it rains? It kicks up the dirt and causes the wet dirt to stick to the plants which is not good for the plants. So how can you say that wind after rain is good? Everything depends on how it rains, right? If halacha if halacha Maisa it rains softly, so soft rain doesn't kick up the dirt. So because of that, again, if it's windy afterwards, the wind is able to disperse the rain in the appropriate way. If it rains strongly, that kicks up the dirt, and then afterwards the wind comes along and causes the dirt to stick to the vegetation, which is not good. We <laughs> take out the Sema. because we'll say, when it rains. When it rains strongly, when there's a strong rain, it kicks up the dirt. When it's a soft, and therefore, if the wind comes afterwards, the wind causes the dirt to stick to vegetation. But if it rains softly, it does not kick up the dirt. Rabbi Yehuda says, <laughs> Zeke Mitra, Kimitra, Huda says that when it's windy after it rains, wind after rainfall is as beneficial as rainfall itself. Eva de Basar Mitra, Kimitra, when it's cloudy after rainfall, that's also beneficial. Shimshad de Basar Mitra, when it's sunny after rainfall, Kitre Mitri. That's as impactful as two rainfalls. Two rainfalls. So I just want to point out. Isn't it incredible all the things that happen in the world that we're totally oblivious to, but yet impact us, right? Whoever pays attention to the, to what happens after it rains, is, is it windy, is it cloudy, is it this, is it that? Who pays attention? The Ribbon pays attention. And he pays attention to every single detail. And this is one of the miracles that happen around us all of the time. And the amount of divine choreography that occurs to make sure that our lives are good, to make sure that we have what we need, is absolutely overwhelmingly mind-blowing. All of these details, so we'll say all of this stuff is good after a rainfall, right? So if it's cloudy, if it's windy, if it's sunny, so fantastic, so this is great. So what's not good, right? Tell me something that's not good, that's human nature, right? Tell me, Tell me bad news. I tell me something that's not good. So this is very interesting. To exclude, but we'll say gilhi Delilah means flashes of light. Oh, sorry, flashes of light at night. Flashes of light at night apparently is not a good thing, is not a good thing. And, and Shimsha de Karchi. Shimsha de Karchi, I will say, means light that comes out from between the clouds. If you take a look at Rashi, Rashi says Gili Delilah. So that's not very helpful. Shimsha I'm sorry, Viyomashimsha Avim Shnira Ora, Echad So what happens? So interestingly enough, what's detrimental? What's detrimental is when you have pockets. Pockets of sunlight. You know, sometimes in the cloud cover, you have a little bit of sunlight here, a little bit of sunlight there. That's not helpful. That's not So when the sun shines after the rainfall, helpful. Right? Cloudy after the rainfall, that's helpful. Pockets of sunlight, a little bit of sunlight here, a little bit of sunlight there, that's not helpful. I will say, we'll speak about this theme because it's going to come up many times throughout the day. The imagery of a little bit of sun here and a little bit of sun there highlights what? A lack of consistency. You see, if a person has a little bit of sun over here, a little bit of sun over there, a little bit of shining here, a little bit of shining there, a good good moment here, a good moment there. Are those moments meaningful? Absolutely. But where there's a lack of consistency, you see, if it's sunny or if it's cloudy, that's beneficial to the rain, right? When there's a consistent state. When it's kind of nishtahin, nishtaher, right? It's a little bit sunny, it's a little bit cloudy. I'm on, I'm off, I'm here, I'm not here. So again, it's really unhelpful, the Gemara says. It's generally unhelpful. Rain, which represents the greatest form of bracha, which represents ruchnius. ruchnius, is only impactful if you try to maintain some level of consistency. Again, the consistency could be cloudy, the consistency could be rain, it could be sunny. It doesn't have to be perfect. But as long as it's consistent, but when it's a little sunny here and a little cloudy there and a ray here and a ray there, it's just hard to get real traction in life. Your rain, your ruchnias, doesn't have the same impact when it's spotty. It only has a true impact when it's consistent. So the goes right Mali The Gmar goes Matri there. Snowfall on top of a mountain is as beneficial as five rains on the earth. Okay? Beautiful. Shana, Mar... As Abbas said, the Pasuk says, quoting over here, the Pasuk from Eov, Kilash, you know, I remember when I was a young man, I used to be able to see the psukim quoted on the margin of the Gemara. <laughs> well, now, lamish. All right, it must be, yeah. Kilashelik, Yomer, Have, Eretz, Vigesha, Matar, Vigesha, Matros, So said, the point over here is, there are five mentions of rain. I, it might be time. There are five mentions of, I'm glasses resistant, <laughs> right? But there are five mentions of rain ultimately again in the Pasuk, in the reference to mountains so from here you see that rain on the mountains or snow on the mountaintop is as beneficial as five rains on the earth so the Gemara goes weiter bamraba muchra so snow on the mountaintop muchra razil ilani heavy rains for the trees muchra necha lapiri soft rains for the fruit i will say again isn't, is, isn't this incredible? That the Ribbana has to think, he has to choreograph everything there, right? The mountains need snow. The trees need heavy rain. The fruit needs soft rain. Every, and we haven't even gotten to people yet, right? Everybody needs, everything needs its own thing. And a Baruch who does it? Top of pay, top of dalit, sorry, or pila, or pila, a lip partida de tusi kala mahanya. And Orpila, we'll we de- we'll decide we'll, we'll define what Orpila means. Or fine, I'll tell you now. Rashi says over here, Orpila means even softer rain. Soft rain. Soft rain works afilu le de Even for even for a seed. That is underneath a clod of earth. Look at Rashi. So we'll say orpila, which is this, we'll see, is the softest kind of rain that works to penetrate to even get to a seed that is buried underneath a clod of earth. My orpila, the Yimar says, what does the word orpila mean? Uru pili. So will say uru means ultimately again awaken, pili means cracks. What it means is that if you have a seed, that's buried underneath a clod of earth. The soft rain is able to go ahead and penetrate the earth and get into the cracks of the seed and cause it to to sprout. They both say, isn't this absolutely incredible? So there's heavy rains, there's heavy rains to go ahead and take care of the trees. There's softer rains to take care of vegetation. And what gets to the seed that's buried underneath the clod of earth? What gets to it? The softest of rains, or pila. They both say, What an incredible Musar Haskil. Because sometimes, sometimes, if you want to get through to someone and you feel that that person is very obstructed, especially in the world of Ruchnius, person is very obstructed, and maybe their seed, their little seed of Ruchnius is buried underneath a clod of earth. It does not work to hit people over the head. What works is soft rain. Soft rain. Sometimes the softest words penetrate. Deepest. We know this again in chinuch of our children. We know it in marriage, and we know it in life. Harsh words usually never affect change, or they affect change. They often affect an opposite kind of change. But if you want to impact that seed that is buried beneath the clod of earth, whether you want to impact someone in a ruchni level, you want to impact someone in a spiritual level, soft or pila. Words of Orpila. Orpila words, soft words, penetrates the deepest. It's incredible. V'amur We're going to change this to Amud Yomi, by the way, because I think we would cover a lot more ground in Mirat San Spend a lot more time, maybe 14 years. and No one's going anywhere anyway. Rava. just incredible. Tainus, by the way, is going to see is like the most incredible Mosechta. V'amur Rava. de Tusekala. Atamit Chacham. Atamit Chacham is like a seed buried underneath the clod of earth. Why? Once he begins to sprout, he begins to sprout. In other words, we will say, here's what's interesting, apparently, about that seed. Even though it takes soft waters to penetrate, to get to the seed, once the seed begins to sprout, no stopping it. It grows. So a is like this seed. How so? Rosh, this ola lamala tam t'chacham. Once his name begins to spread, there's no stopping his growth. Such a beautiful metaphor. Just like the seed, all it needs is that little bit of water to get to it. And once it begins to grow, no stopping it. So to the time once his name gets out, once he begins to grow, again, there's, there's a dynamic that takes hold. Here we go. If a Tamut Chacham gets angry, we'll say, look familiar? If it doesn't, it's because you weren't here at 545. I just want to point that out. Good. Right? Good. You know who you are. So we'll say, so listen to this. Tamit Chachem who goes ahead and gets angry. Mamish, we learned this by the Tzaddik this morning. Right? Incredible. At if a Tamit Chachem gets angry, what's causing that anger? It's the Torah that's causing anger. We'll say, now we understand what that means. What does that mean? You're blaming it on Torah? When a person learns Torah, they become more passionate about things. So Tamit Chachem gets angry. That anger, that anger is from the Torah inside of him. Now again, the anger may be, as we saw in Rabbi Sadiq, the anger may be a misuse of that passion. Remember again, the Gemara is justifying the anger per se. But Lamaisa again, understand where that's coming from. That passion is a manifestation of the incredible wellspring of spirituality he possesses. Sheneh Haloko Dvarika Nu'um because 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 again the passage says in in your my my words are like a fire to, the words of Torah are mamish like fire vam ravashi and I both say this is actually incredible gemara call tamid chacham sheino kasha keish sheino kasha sorry any tamid chacham that is not as strong as iron ainot tamid chacham is not a tamit chacham but say Rashi says barzel kapdonim the kashim kebarzel he both say this is incredible. A tamad kacham has to be tough as steel. So interesting. Tough as steel. She ne'emar ukepateh shifutzat sela Like a like a hammer. Like a hammer that crushes rock. Amr li rabi'a bel rabashi asan mehassam masnisa lo. Anu You learn from there. We learn from here. D'chsev Eretz asher avaneha barzel. Eretz Israel is a land whose stones are like iron. Al tikri avaneha... Don't read it as stones, rather read it as builders. They both say, Tamud must be tough as iron. Kasha kebarzel. They both say, so what is, it's interesting. What, what does that mean? So I think it's a very simple pshat. We'll say if a person is going to be a Tamut Chacham, and assuming a person is not going to be the Tamut Chacham, that is just a reclusive type of Talmud Chacham, just kind of living by himself, learning by himself. But remember again, when Chazal speak about Tamut Chacham, they're also referring to someone who's involved in community, someone's taking a leadership position. So that, you know what the Gemara is saying? The key requisite for being a Talmud Chacham leader is thick skin. Thick skin. Because if you don't have thick skin then ultimately, again, taking a position of communal leadership is virtually impossible. Why? I have to say why, right? (laughs) Why? Why? Because Jews are difficult and people are mean and people say things and people do things. Often they don't even realize what it is that they're saying and that they're doing. If the tabtacham is not kasha kibarzel, if he's not as strong as iron, then ultimately, again, his responsibilities will break him. So the Gemara goes right there. I'm Ravina. Ravina, Rabasa, so listen, listen to the qualification. Ravina says, me inish nafshe Ravina says, "But still, but still, a person has to go ahead." It's interesting. a person has to conduct himself in a calm and mild manner. Sirabosai, here's the interesting other side. Sometimes in the development of a thick skin, which is truthfully necessary for doing almost anything in life, you develop like a little bit of a coarseness or you develop a little bit of a gruffness. So the job of the Tam and the truth is the job of every person, is to develop a thick skin, but at the same time to still be a kind and soft-spoken person. So be the thick skin, right? Be the thick skin. You can't be the kind of person who what people say or what people do is gonna hurt you and bring you down. You have to figure out a way to be able to take it and move on. Take it, compartmentalize it, and just simply move on. But don't let that turn you into a coarse, gruff, or indifferent person. So I'll say, isn't this the impossible, almost not impossible, difficult combination in life. Develop the thick skin, but still be a soft person, right? Develop the thick skin so that what happens around you doesn't derail you, but maintain the sensitivity that allows you to be a feeling, empathic, and compassionate person. It's so incredible. Shanae Mar v'aser Kasmili meli becha. As HaMelech says, remove the anger from your heart. So don't, because we know that sometimes developing a thick skin also causes you to become jaded and cynical towards other individuals. But the problem is, that changes me as a person. Develop the thick skin, but still maintain the personalistic softness. Incredible. I'm It's just incredible gemara. Just incredible. There are three people who asked that Kaddish Baruch who made a request, but it was an inappropriate request from Hashem. The Shnaim heshev'u kehogin, two of them, Baruch who answered them appropriately, or meaning kehogin answered them appropriately. The li echad shol one he answered inappropriately. Right. So what does this mean? Veeluhin, the servant of Avram Avinu, ben Kish was King Show, the first king over Amisro, the Yiftah Chagiladi? And Yiftah was one of the Shoftim. So, what happens? We'll also, what are the stories? Here we go. Eliezer Ever Avram. So, Eliezer, the servant of Avram, what did he do that was inappropriate? So, I will say. So, remember again, Pashto Eliezer devises a test. And he says, I'm going to go over to a girl, I'm going to ask her for a drink. And whichever girl gives me a drink, she is the girl who you have chosen for Yitzchak what happens if she was crippled what happens if she was blind so in other words how do you devise a test like that in other words Eliezer made it all about all about the chesed what happens if there were other challenges or other issues how do you know that that's the girl for Yitzchak yet so i point out something very interesting Tulsa says but one second even if there was something there was a problem Eliezer would have seen in other words that when he asked the girl for a drink ultimately again, he could see, is she crippled? Is she blind? Are there are there other challenges associated? So we'll say, if you take a look at Tosis, Tosis says, you see that Telosus, Yachal Afilu Chigeres, Osuma, right across. So we'll say, if you take a look at the last couple of lines, V'yei Shlomer Dehachi Piru Sho, Yachal Afilu Chigeres, V'afilu Summa, Yachal Afilu Chigeres, Sheyiyeh La Afilu Regal Shal eats, V'hu lo yehei roa, Osuma, so in other words, Eliezer was hinging this all, on this one interaction, on this one interaction, when I ask her for a drink, and if she gives me something to drink, she gives me something to drink, then ultimately again she 's the girl well, well maybe he 's saying, well, maybe maybe she was crippled, right maybe she was crippled, I, and he wouldn 't be able to see it maybe she had a wooden prosthetic right or or maybe, or, or maybe she had beautiful eyes in a raw cloud, but she could not see anything out of them. Which was, the only reason I wanted to say that tells us is because that phrase to me was so profound. Sometimes you could have the most beautiful eyes. You could even have the best vision, but you don't see anything in life. What an incredible, incredible phrase. Most beautiful eyes, but you can't see a thing. You know, Rabbi Nachman says, the reason we cover our eyes by kriyashma is because sometimes in order to see life for what it really is, you have to close your eyes. You have to stop looking. We think we see things for what they are. We think we see the world for what it is. We think we see others for who they are. We think we see ourselves, but often we don't see the truth. We don't see, I don't see the real me. I don't see the real you. I don't see the real Akkadish Baruch Hu Because sometimes these eyes, they're just a little bit skewed for a variety of reasons. So sometimes you have the most beautiful eyes but they don't really see, they don't really see. So sometimes in order to really see life for what it is, you have to close your eyes, okay. And anyway, so the point over here is that Eliezer, the Gemara said, Eliezer, this this was not a good idea. Right, Eliezer says this, this, this was not the appropriate way to approach this, to make everything about is she going to give me a drink or not without looking at the whole person. So the Gemara says, <laughs> And ultimately again, Rivka imena was the girl that came along. So even though again, it's interesting, Chazal feel that Eliezer did not approach this correctly, HaKadosh nevertheless answered his Tfilos, okay? Shol ben Kish, what happened to Shol? Dixiv, vayayosh asher yakenu, yashrenu hamelech, osher, osher, say. this is when Goliath, Goliath, the Philistine, the Plishti, was threatening the Jewish people, right? Shol is an options. he says, whoever is the guy who's going to come ahead, go ahead and kill this Plishti, kill Goliath, I'm going to give him money, fine. But say, what else did he promise? His daughter. His daughter, feel Afilu i feel Mamzer. Right? Maybe the guy is going to be an Eved, be a Mamzer. I like, when they say Mamzer, it's not talking about how father-in-laws feel about their sons-in-law, right? But it, but it means again, what it, what it means again is, is maybe there's Mamish, a real issue that the guy is going to be unfit, right? So the Gemara says, shivu lo So once again, the Gemara says, what what Shaul did the way he framed it, it wasn't a good idea. It wasn't a good idea. But HaKadosh Baruch, who nevertheless went ahead and gave him David. Yiftach Hagiladi. What happened to Yiftach? So we'll say, you know, again, Yiftach goes out to war, and what does he promise? He says, If Baruch, if you allow me to come back, Yiftach says, when I come back, whatever comes first out of my door, whatever comes out of my doorway first, I will offer up as a carbon to you. So ultimately, again, what happens if a, if a non-kosher animal would have come out first? Who does not answer Yiftach in a good way. And who comes out first? His daughter, right? Yiftach's daughter walks out of the house first. But also, there's a whole discussion exactly about what happened to Yiftach's daughter. But LaMaisa, she pretty much lived out the rest of her life in solitude. In solitude. I mean, she's friends with her, but she never married. right? She, she never, not, not, she, the way Yiftach ultimately approached her was, she was kind of like Mekudosh as a Karban. And so, we'll say, so again, so I just want to point out over here, I just want to point out. So therefore, three instances of people who, who quote, unquote, asked inappropriately Two were answered appropriately, one was not answered appropriately. Right? So, Eliezer, Shaul, inappropriate ask, appropriate answer. Yiftach, inappropriate ask, inappropriate answer. So, we'll say, so it's interesting wherein lies the distinction between these three cases. So, what's interesting to note is as follows Eliezer and Shaul. Their asks were about the Klal, right? Eliezer is trying to go ahead and find a wife for Yitzchak, future of the matriarchal line. Sha'ul is trying to go ahead and secure a win for Klal Yisrael. So uh, Yiftach, interestingly enough, was a totally personal thing, right? This was his offering that he was going to give to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So what you begin to see is something absolutely amazing. When you do things for the Klal, when you do things for the collective, when you do things for Am Yisrael, there's a certain Shmiri Yisrael, there's a certain extra added measure of divine providence. Versus the things that are kind of for us, HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects us to exhibit chachma to exhibit wisdom. If I exhibit wisdom, good. If I don't exhibit wisdom, sometimes I have to live with the reality of my mistakes. But the truth is, there's a deeper dynamic by Yiftach. Here we go. The Gemara says, This is what the Navi said to Klavi. So the Gemara quotes the pasuk from Yermio, So I'll say literally it means sorry. Sorry is a bomb, a medicinal bomb. Is there no medicinal bomb in Gilad? Is there no doctor? And furthermore, I'll say we'll see what this. well, Well, actually, take a look before we go on. Take a look at Rashi outside, You see, what should have happened in the story, what should have happened in the story of Yiftach was as follows. His nether was, whatever walks out of my house first, I'm going to offer up to God. What walks out of his house first? Or who walks out of his house first? His daughter. What should have happened then? He should have gone to the Navi. The Navi was Pinchas. The Navi was Pinchas. And it should have gone, it should have been Shoal al-Nidro. say, this happens by Nadar. And people say things that they don't, they, they didn't realize were going to have intended consequences. There is the ability to be released from your nether if you go to a Tamit Chachami or you go to a Beisdin. So Yiftach had an answer to his problem. He had an answer to his problem. All he needed to go was to go to the Navi Pinchas and Pinchas could have released him from his nether. But he did not go to Pinchas. Why did he go to Pinchas? Because Yiftach Yiftach reasoned, I'm the shofet; the navi should come to me. The navi should come to me. So saying, so because Yiftach refused to humble himself and go to the navi, ultimately again he is not released from his vow. Now again, whether or not his vow is even binding on his daughter is a separate discussion. But Lamaisa he thought it was binding. There was there was a way to remedy this situation, but he refuses to go to Pinchas. He refuses to go to Pinchas. And that's how the Gemara is quoting this pasuk. Is there no bomb? Is there no medicine in Gilad? Is there no doctor? There's a doctor. There's a doctor. There's a way to heal the situation. Go to Pinchas. <speaking in Hebrew> so we'll say, the truth is the Medrash says, Yiftach didn't want to go to Pinchas. Pinchas didn't want to go to Yiftach. So we we'll isn't this incredible? Isn't this incredible? You see, the Gemara is framing Yitz, Yiftach as a way, alt, as a situation of, Sha'alosh Shalok Again, he made an inappropriate ask, and obviously, his nether was inappropriate, and the Kallash Baruch answered him inappropriately. So, I'll we'll say, isn't it incredible, that even in this case, there was a solution? There was a solution. But the problem over here was not a lack of solution. The problem over here was a lack of humility. Is a lack of humility, how many times, how many times are we unwilling to Find proper solutions simply because we are unwilling to go ahead and humble ourselves. You will know, we'll say, this Fasem says this idea. He says that we spoke about this before. He says, Life is often a choice between being right and being happy. He said, The amazing part is, you would be surprised how often people choose being right over being happy. So Yiftach chose being right. Choose, I'm, not, I'm, I'm the show faith. I'm not going to Pinchas. He chose being right over saving his daughter. Incredible. It sounds crazy, but it's my simbachol yom that people choose being right or people choose arrogance over humility. They choose being right ultimately over being happy. So it's incredible. Hash There was a solution over here also. There's always a solution. Not always, but here, there was a solution. It was, so didn't give it to Yiftach, but Yiftach had the ability to seize it on his own had he chosen. Such a tragic story. So he alibi. What does this mean? I didn't command, I never spoke it out, and it never occurred to me. Asher Lotzi I never commanded it. Ze beno mar, as beno ha-bachar she miloch takhtov va'ya leo olo. the king of Moab decided to offer a sacrifice to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He wanted to serve God. How did he serve God? He offered up his heir. He offered up his firstborn son. He thought this was like godless. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I never asked for a sacrifice like that. Below dibarti, Yiftach, I never wanted you to give offer up your daughter. I don't want that. I don't want those kinds of karbanos. al and it never occurred in my heart. ben Avram. Ultimately, at the end of the day, who says Avram, I told you to sacrifice your son, but just want you to know, I never had intentions of having you follow through on that. Echad who ultimately, again, has always happened to bring karbanos, but never, never these kinds of karbanos. say an incredible, incredible yisur. Also will say this helps us frame. In our, in our own tefillahs, to recognize that sometimes the things we see, often we think that whatever we ask for is appropriate for us, for us sometimes it's not. Now, we often don't know, right? That's why I ask for something, I think it's good for me. That's why, again, about saying tefillah, a person always has to say, whatever you're davening for, we all daven for things, to say, I'm asking for this, if it's right. If it's right, because tefillah always has to be approached with a certain level of humility. I think I know the things that I need or that I should have or that, or that I'm asking for. But sometimes the things that I think I need are not really the things that I need. You have examples over here of people who daven for things and do things that they thought were right. But the Gemara says, nah, that wasn't really the right approach. who came through for them in at least two of the three cases. But Lamaisekin is so important that as we approach Tfilah, Tfilah's approach with the humility. I'm asking you for this, I think it's good for me, but ultimately I defer. To your divine wisdom. On Rabbi Yahweh. Afkanes, Eshash, Shalok, Eloke, Hogan. Kalal Yisrael also asked in an inappropriate way. Again, it was we'll a Shalok, 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 Hogan just means also they asked in a non-optimal fashion. V'akadosh Baruch Hu, Yeshiva, Kogan. Kish Baruch went ahead and answered them appropriately. How so? It's beautiful. Sh'nei mar, the Gemarveri quotes the Pasik from Hosea. V'neid'o nirdefal l'adaz es Hashem kashachar. Nochan m'otzo v'yobo k'higeshen l'akmash. So let's listen to this. So Klaudi says to HaKadosh we'd like to know you like the earth knows the rain. Like the earth knows the rain. Such a beautiful, line. so beautiful. Except here's the problem. Here's the problem. HaKadosh Baruch Biti, HaKadosh Baruch Hu calls us his daughter. His daughter. Biti, at sho'eles daver she'pamim mispakesh, she'pamim eno mispakesh, Here's the problem, says Cheshbarach. You want me like the earth wants the rain. Does the earth always want the rain? No. Sometimes the rain is good for the earth. Sometimes the rain is not good for the earth. ani davah is who says, "I'm gonna be for you like something that is always needed." You're asking me that I should be for you like the rain, like the rain is for the earth. Problem is, sometimes the earth needs the rain, sometimes the earth doesn't need the rain. The Baruch says, I'll be you like the dew. Right? Dew is always that I will say, so which leads to the question, so why does Kalal ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be like the rain? Right? We're smart, because I will say, deep down, this is an incredible, incredible insight. See, deep down, this goes back to what we said before, what's our greatest challenge in life? Our greatest challenge in Ruchnias is commitment. Is commitment. That's really, the, our, we, we have commitment issues in our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I love you, but I think we should see other people, right? I love you, but I'm not ready to settle down. I have commitment issues. So deep down, when I ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I want our relationship to be like the rain, there's a piece of me that says, God, you know, there are days that I'm just kind of not going to be into it all that much. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I love you, but if you want a relationship, you got to be all in. Got to be all in. All in doesn't mean being perfect. All in doesn't mean I'm firing on all cylinders every single day. But you can't see other people. Right? You, got, you, you, got, you can't be like the rain. Sometimes in here, sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't like it. You have to be like the do. Right? Our relationship with that doesn't require perfection, <laughs> but it requires absolute and unequivocal commitment. Va'od, shallah hogan. Yisrael asked another another request that wasn't framed totally in the right way. So what happened? Amr al Father Banshalam, Simani al Alibeik, kichosim Baruch Hu, make me. Make me like a chosim, like a seal. On your heart and on your arms. says, "My daughter, you're asking for something that is sometimes seen, sometimes not seen. In other words, something you wear on your heart is often covered by clothing, or even on your arm is often covered by clothing." says, says." I will be for you. I will be for you, like something that has always seen. I will inscribe you or seal you on my palms. Right, the palms, the palms are always exposed. So therefore, Kodesh Baruch Hu says, I, in order, I, will, I will wear my relationship with you in a public way. Once again, Kallah says, Kodesh seal us on your heart, seal us on your arm. Kodesh Baruch Hu says, I'll do it even better because the heart and the arm is often covered. People won't always know the unique relationship I have with you. I'll wear my relationship with you on my palms. Right, so that my love for you, my commitment to you, my connection with you will always be public and apparent. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. Back to rain. So was just, remember again, the Mishnah said, we only ask for rain, next to the time for rain. So both say, the Havimimimah in the Mishnah is that She'ilah and askara. we spoke this in the Mishnah, is that Shaila asking for rain? And mentioning for rain are the same things. Now I we already showed that that's not the case. Man, man, tana, Rabbi Yeshua. This is So I'll say Rabbi Yeshua who would say. That you don't begin mashivaruach moridageshem until might also say that that's the time you begin to request rain as well. No, it can even reflect if you Rabbi Eliezer because remember again, how do we come out in the Mishnah? We come out that sheila request for rain, which is the same talumat alivracha. And Haskara, mentioning of ring, which is what? Which is what? Those are two different things. V'ikida'am, you an alternate version of this. Lema, Phew, good. Lema, Rabbi uh, Yoshua, Tamar mishas hanachaso. Others say yeah, it's Rabbi Yoshua. Again, an alternate version of this. It's Rabbi Yoshua who says that we don't begin Ma'shi baruch mori until day eight. So he would also hold that you be and you also begin to ask for rain Day 8. You guys already no Shayla Baskar Lechud. So I'll say all the Gimara is going through is the Hamamim. The Hamamim in the Mishnah is that the request, Shayla and Haskara, are the same thing. Kamash Malan, they're two different things, which already we've established much earlier on. Shayla, which is the petitional request. Comes later, we'll discuss when. Haskara, the remembrance, Mashirach could come even earlier. So I'll say, remember again, the end of the Mishnah ends with Rabbi Huda. And Rabbi Huda says, when the begin to recite Mashi Umori Umaridagashem? When? So ultimately, again, he says, Rabbi Yehuda's Shita was, the Balmusaf, the Balmusaf, on Shmini Atzeres. Says Mashiv Haruah Umorit Hageshem. That's who begins, but the Bal does not say it. And on Pesach, on Pesach, the Bal says it. The Bal Musaf does not say it. So says the Gemara or Minhu. must I show shamim? Until when do we request rain? Rabbi Huda Omer at Pesach. Rabbi Huda says until Pesach is over. Rabbi Meir Omer at Shiyabarah Nisan. Rabbi Meir says, no, we ask for rain until when? Until Nisan is over. Now, Remember again, this is She'ilah. Sheila refers to what? Sheila refers to what? The same Talumato Livrachah. So the Gemara says, what's going on over here? So we'll say, this contradicts the Mishnah, right? Because Rabbi Huda said, you stop. You stop by musaf on first day of Pesach. So the Gemara says, Amrav Chistholokashyo kanlisho No, 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 no. Two different things. Our Mishnah is talking about Haskara. Mas shivrocha maridagashem. This is referring over here to sheila to the same talamot lirocha to which the gemara says kan lishol kan kan Mishol shol. I'm sorry. Lokasha how kan lishol kan lahasker mishal shol va'ozir va'ozil. So I will say. Does that mean? So therefore, again, the gemara says it could very well be that we'll continue to ask even after, even after we stop saying mas shivrocha maridagashem. So the gemara says one second lahaskebi yam tavarisham pasik. So ula. So the gemara says. Sorry. So I say it's actually very strong. So so Ula says this statement of Rav Chista is literally again like vinegar to the teeth and like smoke to the eyes, which means he disagrees. Which I say, so again, because what Rav Chista is highlighting over here is something very interesting. Rav Chista is floating an idea that is possible that you'll stop sigmashivruach or morida gosha but what but what you'll still continue to say what the saint halamot which makes no sense uma bimokom sheino shoel maskir say what we've established in our mishnah is that you begin to mention Right rain before you begin to ask for rain. And we've, we, we've justified that by saying, you can make mention of rain before asking, because the truth is mention of rain, technically you can do the entire year. So mentioning of rain precedes the actual petitional request. So doesn't it make sense that as long as you're asking for rain, that you would continue to mention rather Ula says at the end of the day, there are just two Tanoim according to Rabbi Yehuda. Look okay, at Rashi. tanoi chad amar achiyav or pesach sholin kol shekin shemaskirin v'chad amar sheila Adapesach, pesach v'askar shiach lahaskev yamtov maskev yamtov harishon shapesach shabosai so ultimately against makhlukes tanoi. It's Do you stop? Do you stop Mashi Varacha, and by extension, the same Talmud, Livracha, by the first day of Pesach? Anyway, first day of Pesach, you're not saying the same Livracha. Do you stop at the first day of Pesach? Or at the end of the day, do you go ahead and continue through Pesach? That's the Shaib, that's Machlokas, Rav Yosef Rav Yosef says, what does it mean until Pesach is over? Shevar Pesach. Achiavar shliach sibor Rishon hayored Pesach. Or obviously Achiavar Pesach means until ultimately again the first the first chazan of Pesach which means dav shachris of the first day of Pesach finishes. Okay. So we just have a fundamental So What we're doing right now is we're trying to link the two. Right? So we're assuming that wherever Mash Shiv Aruch at ends, the same Talumatuliv Racha will end as well. Now remember, Rabbi say, you won't know this, but I'll mention it. There obviously is no the same Talumatuliv Racha on Yom Tib itself anyway. Now there is the same Talumatuliv Racha when? When? Technically Chalamayr. So, this will be the Nafkamina. Do we end Mash Shivaracha on the first day of Pesach, or do we end it uh, after Pesach? The Nafkamina will be what? Do you? Well, the Nafkamina is how long do you say the same time? Mash Shivaracha But also on Chalamai Pesach, do you include the same tal umat or the racha in Shemana Esse or not? This is the Machlokas. So, from the Abaye, the Abaye says, one second. One second, but there's no request for rain, there's no Vasain Talumat on yamtiv anyway. So, what are we talking about? Amr in Sha'al Targuman. He says, Yes, there is a Sha'ila. Where does Sha'ila come up? By the Targuman. I also say, This is fascinating. Look at Rashi. Amr in Sha'ila Targuman. So, I will say, This is fascinating. Sometimes, apparently, in the Drasha of the Targuman, He would go ahead and just make mention of rain. We need rain. Achalash Baruch give us rain. He would say this as part of his drasha, which is fascinating. But does the Torgamon ever ask something that ultimately, again, the Sibor doesn't? In other words, by Pesach time, by Pesach time, again, by Pesach time, ultimately, the, the request for rain has ended. Rather, I will say Ula's approach makes more sense, that it was just a machlokas. There's just a fundamental maklokis as to when we are ending over here. Are we stopping everything at the onset of Pesach? Or ultimately, again, are we stopping everything at the conclusion of Pesach? Rav Amar, my Atshiav or Pesach. what does it mean until Pesach is over? It doesn't mean until Pesach is over, rather, Atshiav or Zman Shechitas Pesach. What it means is, up until the Zman shchita, which means that the last time we're going to go ahead and say, Ma Shevorach Maord and the same Talamat Livrach is when... Pesach, Pesach, and again, it's bookends, Matchilas Afapi She'en shoel, and I will say, ultimately, again, just like at the beginning, we say, Mashev Rech Gasham. without V'sein Talmat Libracha, because remember, again, you're beginning Mashev Rech HaMered when? When are you beginning it? When are you beginning it? Shemini And what are you not saying on Shemini Yatzeres? V'sein Talmat Libracha. So just like when I begin it, I begin it with Mashiach Moragashim without the same Talmud of King Sofo, so too at the end. Af Sofo, Maskir Ahabishin So we'll say at the end, because when's the last Mashiach Moragashim? When's the last one? First day Pesach by Shachris. But when do I end, when do I conclude the same Talmud of When's the last of the same Talmud of When? Mincha Erev Pesach. So this is the bookends. Just like I begin Masheh V'roch moridagashem, ultimately again without, without the St. Talamot Le'Vracha on shmini So, so too, I'll conclude with the last Masheh V'roch on the first day Pesach, but I'll conclude the St. Talamot Le'Vracha one day earlier. Amr Abaye he says, haskar We'll stop over here for today. We'll pick up with Amrli Abaye and Miritz Hashem. Actually, let's just finish Abaye. Abaye, So Abaye says, I understand to begin mashivurach and morei without the same rach. I can understand that because the haskara is the beginning of the petitional request, even though it's not the actual petitional request. Ela my ritu it doesn't make sense after you stop the same talumat the actual petitional request. It doesn't make sense to continue with. Rather, it makes sense to go back, like we said before, like Ullah said, namely, that it is a machlokis in the sheet of Rabbi Huda. Rabbi will say now we'll stop over here. We'll pick up at the halachalamaisa of this, namely, when do we stop the recitation of the Saint Talmud Livracha as well as Mashivracha Meredagashem to be continued tomorrow.